When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Hembo. Evan Cohen in for Greeny today. Normally you hear me on Sportsmanlike 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern with Chris Canty and Michelle Smallman. Combine going on, NFL draft rumors, and Hembo is cranky and bitter. Good morning. Good morning. Are you yeah. a are you a combine guy? Like, are you? I'm like, into the conversation around the combine more than I'm actually interested in watching the people perform at the combine. The combine is the ultimate networking event for NFL executives, which is why and media and coaches, which is why we get so many rumors that always stem out of the combine and conversations around upcoming NFL potential move. So yes, from that perspective, yes, I am a combine guy in that regard. But I am also a guy that listens to words that you say. Mm. And this morning, the first words you said to me were, thanks for responding to my text message. And I said, I did. And you said, I know you're the only one. Would you like to express some opinions towards Cam and Bubba today? I would. Okay. So I'm going to pull up my, my text messages um, that I send with the show group when you come in. It's, it's Liam, our boss. It's Bubba and Cam, uh, who are in Bristol, and it's you and me. You know, right. it's, it's, a nice, it's a nice collection of like-minded people who are all pulling the rope in the same direction, at least okay. in theory. Okay. So I, at 7.04 p.m. last night, say, hey, friends, some ideas for tomorrow include. And then I go on to text, I don't know, something like a dozen really insightful, smart content ideas to the group. For you. And then I go to bed. This morning I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and can't help but notice that no one has texted me back. None of the other four people on this Mm -hmm. thread have texted me back, which raised the question in my brain, well, did I go to bed last amongst these people? And then I thought to myself, of course not. Everyone's staying up past Mm 7.05. And then the next thought I had was, what is wrong with me? Not, not what is wrong with you, but like, how could a person spend so much time and energy, put so much energy, effort, and enthusiasm into that text message to receive crickets for the next eight hours? What am I missing here? I did text you back. You did at 4.37 a.m. Right. But upon waking up, I felt awfully lonely that no one had it that okay, point. Okay, well, I, was at, I had something last night. I was at an event that I went to, and then this morning... What are you that, shaking your head at That me? was a super like humble, fake humble brag that you just did. I was no, at an event last night. Uh, by the way, wasn't Rob there? Our social guy, Rob, was there? Yes. So, so another thing for which Greeny and I were not invited Greeny to? Greeny was invited. And he did not come. Correct. And I was not invited <laughs> and also did not come. That's correct. That is correct. How should this make me feel? Proper. But here's the issue that I have. And I think why, Hembo, you, when sending the text specifically to Cam and Bubba as part of the hashtag crew... Mm. Where you, where you really went awry. When you started it with, hey, friends, they are not your friends. You have to get that through your mind. I think that they don't assume that the text message is for them because they are not your friends. And thus, they must think the text message 
is for someone else. Well, this must be for somebody he's uh, not t- not sending it to. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly couldn't be us. I had no problem with the hey friends greeting. Okay. Well, you didn't respond. Cam. It's true. It's true. So then what did you have a problem with? I, I Nothing. I, I also was preoccupied last night. I responded uh, within the last hour or so, just detailing some stuff to uh, order how we're going to do our show. I worked on the Google Doc last night, and uh, a lot of those uh, very succinct and well-detailed and explained ideas are in the rundown today, and hopefully we'll get to them. Bubba, 14 hours in Cam's case, 10 hours in Evan's case, and still no hours in your case is not the right way to treat a human being that pours his heart and soul into a text message with that much detail. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I, I put some, uh, or I put a story on the Google Doc. I like just to focus my attention to the Google Doc. You know, I don't, I don't see the need to go both ways here. So we got a Google Doc, we got a text chain. I thought about putting my story that I said put on the Google Doc also on the text chain, but I figured, look, Cam will see it on the Google Doc. Everyone will see it on the Google Doc. I don't need to also text it. It'll be on there. If we want to do it, we'll do it. So mm. I added a story last night that we could possibly do today. I contributed. And if we do it, we do it. But I, didn't, I, you know, I, I don't need the validation like Hembo needs here. So here's the thing, guys. You guys give me such a hard time about being an emotionless person. Now I'm trying to, I'm trying to feel things. All right, I'm trying to feel things across the spectrum, right? And so I'm not invited to an event last night. It seems like I'm the only one. And then, I'm, and then my notes are not being responded to. Like how, how am I supposed to feel as I'm trying to feel things for the first time? Well, ever? okay, I'm gonna give you a couple of little items here to summarize this and then we will get into what's going on around the nfl with some of the rumors with the draft combine okay one they're not your friends so maybe don't write friends two what bubba (laughs) is saying is stop with the false hustle we have another way of going about it you're actually just trying to show our boss man liam hey look what i'm doing so you're suggesting i have nefarious motives if I knew what that meant, I would actually give you an answer on that. Uh, and I'm talking about motives. Um, <laughs> so I think there's an element of false hustle and just a, another typical Hembo move of not evaluating relationships properly. So I'm not reading the room well, and, and I'm overstating my – I'm trying to act smarter than I am, or I'm trying to show off how smart I am. It's kind of what – so you're saying that I'm mischaracterizing the relationships in my life – and I'm also coming across as braggadocious, which are two very unattractive qualities. And you have them both. I did them all in one text. <laughs> Man, how did I pull that off? And I would also argue that maybe, maybe just maybe, Cam and Bubba didn't like your angles for the show. Ooh. I mean, maybe that's just the other part of I it. I like some of them. I, d- I didn't agree with others. That's yeah. how it usually goes. So, we're, we're working it out here. It's okay. Fine. All right. So can we just take a little temperature here of where we're at relative to rumors around the top three picks in the draft? So we have... Dan Orlovsky, ESPN NFL analyst, saying that Jaden Daniels, if he were the Bears, he'd take him number one. Number two with Washington, we have all the rumors that maybe they're going to want to give up an arm and a leg to get number one in the draft, to get Caleb Williams in D.C., where he's from, with his old coordinator in Cliff Kingsbury, who, I mean, really is not particularly good, yet everybody wants to be around him at all times. Uh, He's handsome. Not really great at coaching football. <laughs> and now we have this from Lewis Riddick, ESPN front office insider on Get Up, 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN with Greeny, talking about the third pick in the draft. 
Mac Jones is someone who really has been a victim of circumstance and the regression that he has had since his rookie year is not really largely due to the fact that he is just not talented enough, but simply because things have just fallen apart around him, starting with his second year having like a coaching staff on the offensive side of the football that just is not suitable for a second year player. And then just last year, just not having the weapons at all to really help him out. So I think this is a football team that needs to go ahead and stockpile picks. I think they should just go ahead and move out of there if that is what, you know, they're able to get done and they should continue to build out this roster and ride with Mac Jones and give him another year with maybe some real support around him. So very interesting overall take. Lewis Riddick knows more football than I'll ever know. I am a, a guy that watches every snap with the New England Patriots and I will tell you that the offense under Matt Patricia, a defensive coach, was actually better than the offense under Bill O'Brien, an offensive coach. And Bill O'Brien is a good coach. He has proven to be that whether it be with the Texans or Penn State. Mac Jones has proven to not be a great quarterback. Mac Jones also is putting out workout videos of him putting out no-look passes. Maybe look versus no-look. Or maybe because he's looking and it's not working, we're going to try not to look, and maybe that could work as well. Conceptually, I like the idea of New England considering that. But you can't make a trade without a partner. Can I suggest a partner? Please do. The Raiders. The Raiders have the 13th pick in the draft. If number one overall is Caleb Williams to the Chicago Bears, which I believe it will be, and if number two, and this is specific, is Drake May to the Washington Commanders and not Jaden Daniels, you have to wonder if Antonio Pierce and the Raiders, Antonio Pierce has said he is not going to trade for or put a Band-Aid quarterback in there. Antonio Pierce has known Jaden Daniels since he was a kid, high school coach of his, had him at Arizona State when he was an assistant coach, and now maybe they give up their next three first-rounders to New England to go from 13 to 3. I like, I am, I like where your head's at here because the Patriots right now are in a position where I think they are very likely to ruin a rookie quarterback if they ask him to play for them next season. It's the worst roster in the NFL, or it's at least the worst collection of offensive players in the NFL when you include the, the skill guys and you include the line. Their leading rusher last year had 642 yards. Their leading receiver last year had 561. They had the worst offensive line of the whole sport last year when it came to pass protection. So if I were running that team, I would be doing everything I possibly can to juice up in the next month and a half how much I like the quarterbacks in this year's class. And then on draft day, I'm trading that pick for as much as I possibly can. I don't love the idea of having to go all the way down to the Raiders, but if they're willing to give you that arm and that leg, like you said, I'll pull that trigger for sure. Okay, here's... You and I have gone down this path before, but with New England, I do not believe they had the worst roster in the league last year. I don't believe they had the worst offense in the league. I believe that you have actually said something brilliant that I think that you should say more because you, it actually hurts your point so you don't say it more, which is you believe for the last four years Bill Belichick drafted for Tom Brady as this quarterback. You're the only person I've ever heard say that, and I think it's brilliant because every one of the players they took and all of the pieces around would make so much sense with Tom Brady as their quarterback. You could say that, okay, well, Hembo and I would make sense if Tom Brady was your quarterback. But I think the specifics of those players, because I think Belichick looked at Mac Jones and said, okay, maybe he could be a homeless man's version of of Tom Brady. (laughs) I can't say a poor man's version of Tom Brady. I have to go homeless. A destitute man's, yes. A, a what? A destitute man. It's a, it's a, it's a synonym for homeless. Okay, in, in some sense. Okay, and I'm uh, right. Uh huh. What he said. But so fine. You could deem them that bad. I also think there's something else happening mm. here. And I've been thinking about the Patriots. And and Cam has asked the question about: Do they need a culture change? Are they equipped with the right team to develop a quarterback? And all these questions are being asked. 
And there's a part of me that thinks they're overcompensating for the last four years instead of trying to continue the previous 20. And, you know, Gerard Mayo, the head coach of the team, said, well, we're going to burn some cash this offseason. He has since actually retracted those statements already. Tell me the last time Belichick retracted a statement. I don't recall him doing so. What I believe is going to end up happening is I believe the New England Patriots are going to end up overspending over the next two or three years. On free agents? On free agents. Hmm. I believe that they're going to use more cash on free agents than they have in recent years. Like the last 25. I know there was an offseason a couple of years ago that, that obviously they spent. I think what's going to happen is that they're actually going to, not publicly but privately, look to take the opposite approach of Bill Belichick. And I think what's going to end up happening is that Robert Kraft, the owner of the team, and Jonathan Kraft, the team president, are going to look at this, and they're not going to win enough taking the opposite approach. And I think ultimately what ends up happening is they actually get back to the Belichick way without the people involved. It's going to be two or three years down the line, and it's not going to actually be Belichick. It's going to be those that were close enough to him and could run his system in a way that is more suitable for ownership but also more comparable to Belichick. I think the untold part of this whole thing is that Robert Kraft liked the results of the previous 20 years besides the last four. Of course. He didn't like the person who was leading to those results, but he loved the results. What is he going to like more? And and which situation? What would you rather have? I like the people running my team, but I don't like the results. Or I don't like the people running my team, but I love the results. B, of course. And I think he's ultimately going to find the happy balance. And Mayo could have been that. But I think Mayo has to not be Belichick more than anything else. I think the biggest mistake that the Patriots could make is going all in on free agency this year. Because this, in my judgment, is a multi-year rebuild. A situation in which the Patriots are not that close. Do you object to that statement? No, I I just was going to say, when you say we're going to burn some cash, that Mm -hmm. does not indicate a multi-year rebuild. It does not. Which means, I think, if that is true... And there's some you know, question as to whether or not they actually believe that. That means they're going to be on a more expedited timeline than they should be. I think the Patriots roster is worse than you think the Patriots roster is. But however you choose to slice it, the Patriots aren't a good offseason of free agency away from being a playoff team. With the current management in place, if Bill Belichick was still the head coach with $100 million of cap space and the third pick in the draft... They are an offseason away from a playoff Maybe team. so, but they still have to build a 21st century offense. The Patriots have been absolutely dreadful from the, uh, from the standpoint of creating big plays the last couple seasons, which is one of the single most important attributes of the modern NFL. Tom Brady enabled you to play a certain way. Tom Brady enabled you to draft a certain way. And while the league evolved, and while Brady left and thus Belichick lost him, he failed to evolve, and that's exactly why we're in this position right now. I just think you've got to be careful if you're the New England Patriots right now, and that is not meant to be disrespectful towards Elliot Wolf, who has a good track record of experience under his dad and others in Green Bay, Ron Wolf, legendary executive, and then Gerard Mayo, who obviously has worked his way up to be, in essence, the coach in waiting. Just go about your game plan as you want to go about it. Don't go about it to not be Belichick, because not being the greatest coach of all time is not a good strategy. Like, you have to look at it and say, (laughs) of the 10 things that he was doing every single day, nine of them were better than anyone else ever did it. Maybe one wasn't. So, eliminate the one. Don't eliminate the nine. Don't overcorrect. And I think they're, I, I actually think they're heading in the direction that they could overcorrect. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance, insurance for motorcycles, uh, motor, uh, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you could save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Coming up. 
and you have too much of a good thing in sports. One league is asking themselves that question right now. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio, along with Hembo Evan Cohen in for Greeny today. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN Bet, now live. Greeny's out there grilling. ESPN Bet commercials are amazing with Greeny in them. The official sports book of ESPN, ESPN Bet, is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all of your favorite markets and bets, like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. That really is a great commercial. It's I, awesome. I, I laugh like every time. The, the guy that's it's so you know, funny. And Greeny's like, you know, I'm freezing. We're right by the lake. <laughs> yeah, like every like line 40 is 40 miles away. What are you it, talking it about? It really is well done. Like, yeah. I laugh every time. Am I allowed to reveal a behind the scenes about what Greeny told me about that commercial? I'm sure you can. Okay. He's so, probably told us on the air before, I'm guessing. He's very proud of yeah, it. Yeah, he probably has, uh, now that I think about it. But okay, so just in case he hasn't, whatever, I blame you guys. Um, so I went, like, the first day I saw the commercial, the ESPN Bet Television commercial, and I'm sure it's available on YouTube, people can find it. I said, that was so funny, I loved it. And he goes, you know how hot it was that day? Because he's in the, the winter coat, freezing by the grill, and he was like, it was too hot. So only Greening would be schwitzing during the freezing cold yeah. commercial that he had to do that day for ESPN. But he Bet. sold it. He oh, sold it, was it. Tremendous. It was a very good commercial. Tremendous. Tremendous. By the way, speaking of what people are wearing, <laughs> we have had an issue, Hembo and I, that we have matched too often in the past, that we wear, wear the same kinds of clothing. And you did what today exactly? Because okay. we are not matching. Guys, Evan Cohen is living rent-free in my head and in my closet at this point. So I'm living in your closet. You're living in my closet. I okay. hope not literally. Let me. Uh, it's a. It was being. It was. It was intended cam to be figurative, of course. So here's what I mean. So because we've matched so frequently, and because it's gotten so old already. Yeah. I 
stood in front of my closet, scanning, 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 scanning for no less than 10 minutes last night, okay. preparing for today's show because you were here. Right. And I asked myself, what am I certain <laughs> that you don't own? <laughs> so I came to work today wearing this ridiculous J. Crew mock brown <laughs> turtleneck sweater of sorts right. with green pants and brown boots that makes it look like I'm doing some kind of hunting I asked, in the Pacific what I Northwest. You. I walked in. I saw him today. I said, you're going hunting after the show? <laughs> I mean, he's wearing, if people can see on the ESPN app, and uh, wearing this. Like, It's not like it's a bad outfit. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that you're right. That is not necessarily my look. <laughs> I'm not much of a hunter. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever hunted? No, I've never hunted. Never once in your life. Yes, I have. I have really? hunted. Really? Really? My yes, cuz my mom is from Northwest Ohio and That doesn't mean you hunt. No, but it does mean that that we vacation there often and all of my cousins do. Okay. And so, I've done some like controlled things. I've I've killed a couple pheasants, shot a lot of clay whoa, pigeons. Oh, murderer. <laughs> I didn't say I hit him. <laughs> the murderer. Wow. But either way. Takes after his grandfather who's snapping cats' necks in the backyard. Oh Too soon. Okay, so <laughs> For I, the have, cat. I have hunted before, and I did wear things like this. But I don't More know. Were J. Crew hunting? <laughs> I, uh, colors like these, okay. naturally, because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in camouflage. But it actually is, I think, very illustrative of where my brain is, is that I spent a disproportionate amount of time planning the outfit today just so that we wouldn't talk about it. <laughs> but the and first thing you did to me is you told me after I made the hunting line, yeah. yes, I wore this because I knew you wouldn't. I, I just can't imagine you own something like this. I have green pants and I have like a brownish. I, this, I wouldn't wear it. If you wearing. came in looking like this, it would have been eerie. We would have, we, one of us would have had to change. Yeah. Agreed? Yeah, I, you're burying the lead on this. Because Bubba, Bubba's reaction is exactly where, where my mind went. It's, you don't come off like the hunter. Oh, I'm not. I'm not very hunty. I'm <laughs> you're not, not very hunty. But, but like when you're in Northwest Ohio and it's hunting season, and your cousins are doing it, and you think it's cool. You like you know go out there and pretend, and you know you miss by ten feet. But you know that's what I did. Right, yeah, I when got, in Rome, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when in Liberty Center. Uh, one one other final question on this. I have to ask: Did you use analytics at all when hunting? <laughs> did you think about like how far we are? Like what's the percentages of this? Did you use any analytics when hunting? I was much La- too young. Launch angle. <laughs> launch, launch angle. <laughs> no, uh, there, there was none of that. But it, it, is, it was a very different experience than I would have expected. Because I, you know, I, I, I grew up playing like, these kinds of hunting video games. Like, I love the Oregon Trail. Like, I love playing the Oregon Trail game. Is it's, Oregon Trail a hunting game? You, yeah, I mean, you have, to, you have to survive, and so you shoot things like, you know, buffaloes and, uh, and birds, and you ford the river, game. and you avoid dysentery if possible. Things of that nature. I mean, nature. back in my day, Duck Hunt was the best hunting game. Also great. How, yeah, I mean, you are showing your age there, but I thought the Oregon Trail was a great game. I thought that's what, what, it, what it would be like. But what I don't like about actually hunting is that I'm so impatient that sometimes you just wind up sitting out there in the cold for six hours, and, like, nothing le- moves except the leaves. So it's really not that Fun. Mm, okay. This is Greeny coming to you live from the seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. All right, Cam. NBA questions. Huge night last night at the NBA. Lakers get an overtime win over the Wizards. Denver in a finals rematch that you heard right here on ESPN Radio beat Miami. The Warriors beat the Knicks, amongst other games. Cam, what do you have for us? Yeah, let's start with the Lakers. Two wins in a row and a back-to-back couple big games for LeBron James. Eked past the Wizards in overtime. Chris Canty not too happy about that showing. 
Evan, what's preventing this Lakers team from going on an underdog Western Conference Finals run like they did last season? I'm glad you brought up CC, and of course you hear him on Sportsmanlike with Michelle Smallman and I, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on ESPN Radio. CC's a diehard big Lakers fan. And I've never met a fan of a team more anti the team than CeCe. He just does not believe in them at all. And I am then given the role of Lakers defender because I do believe in them more than he does. Their outside shooting and their defense, obviously not great. But here's really what it comes down to. The question of this. Do you believe a team led by LeBron James 21 years into his career at age 39 can win a championship if he is their best player. And if your answer is no, then you probably are going to go to the place of they need to find somebody in the offseason to upgrade over LeBron James. I would tell you, LeBron James, and I'm actually not saying this as a negative, I'm saying this based on fact, is incapable of not being the best player on a team for two reasons. One, he's never played with someone better than him because there is nobody better than him unless he's going to play with Michael, which ain't going to happen. And two... Despite how great of a passer he is, that does not mean you are giving the team to someone else. It is always going to be his team. He, Despite what he says, he could never actually give his team to someone else. The Lakers are exceedingly unlikely to win a championship this year for all the reasons that you stated. But I'm not going to rule out a Final Four run. I agree. They, they, did, it last, agree they did it last year. And they're actually, through the month of February, four games better right now than they were last year. The biggest problem I have with the Lakers is that they're considerably worse in the non-LeBron minutes than they were last year. So the question is... He has to play more. Like, How do you hang in against those teams in the West playoffs in the 10, 12 minutes a game that LeBron's not playing? That That is going to be the, the biggest concern, and there's not an easy fix for that. that this is just who they are. So the, the, the bar for them to clear when he does play in those LeBron minutes is so high that I certainly just can't count on them winning three playoff rounds. Next one, Cam. All right, the Bucks getting it back on track. Four wins in a row after a three and seven start with Doc Rivers. But if the Bucks season ends in quote unquote failure, I'll say quote unquote because we know Giannis doesn't believe in that term uh, when he loses as a one seed to an eight seed. Well, he needs to start to. If they don't win this year, it's a failure. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to buy into that, but uh, Hembo, I'll start with you. If that happens, who will we blame the most on the Bucks? Well, it obviously depends how it happens. I mean, if the Bucks blow a 2-1, 3-1, 3-2 series lead, we'll blame Doc because that's the history of Doc. But I think Damian Lillard will actually feel a good bit of it because of how it will likely go down if they wind up falling short of expectation. It's going to be because they hunt him on defense and he doesn't play it at all. You know, I think that's going to be so magnified in the playoffs. Was what intentional? They hunt him? You use the word hunt. Honestly, no, but now, again, you're living rent-free in my brain. This is how I'm thinking now. I am a Northwest Ohio woodsman. (laughs) Damian Lillard will be hunted in the playoffs. Like me shooting a clay pigeon at the age of 12. And that's why I think the Bucks would uh, wind up falling short of expectations. Wrong. You're just wrong in everything you're saying. What's the answer? The answer, Cam, ask the question again, please, because I'm going to tell you what the answer is. It is blatantly obvious, hmm. and everyone is lost on this if they don't answer this way. Go ahead. If the Bucks season ends in quote-unquote failure, who will we blame the most? Giannis is the answer. And the reason Giannis is the answer is because of the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks do not fire Mike Budenholzer without Giannis signing off. They do not hire Adrian Griffin without Giannis signing off. They do not fire Adrian Griffin without Giannis signing off. And they don't hire Doc Rivers without Giannis signing off. They also don't trade Drew Holiday, a heart and soul kind of player, all-star Olympian, 
from their team for Dame Lillard, who did not want to be in Milwaukee. He did not want to be anywhere but Miami. They don't do any of that without Giannis signing off. This is all on Giannis. This is the team he wants with the coach he wants. I'm not even suggesting it's going to be a failure. I still think they can win and win big this year. But if we're going to apply this level of respect to Giannis, that he's one of the great players of all time, one of the great players in the league today, if we don't blame him, it's an insult. See, I don't think so. I I think Giannis somehow, someway is so likable that he's almost... He's almost impervious to the criticism that players of his stature generally receive. In this case, Damian Lillard and Doc Rivers are the insulation. That might be strategic on his part. It's no, probably not. No. But however you choose to look at it, I think Giannis is very unlikely to be the person for whom we point the finger to should they fail. Um, well, then you're telling me you don't think he's that big time. That's what you're telling me. If the Phoenix Suns get bounced in the first round, who are you blaming I mean, it depends how it happens. I understand. Giannis, well, could play, Giannis could play magnificent basketball, and they lose to the Cavs in a seven-game series, and it not be his fault. I understand. The context of it matters. But Cam cannot place context in it when it's going to be months away. It's a hypothetical. Then I take umbrage with the question, Cam. Well, every one of these will Look not have Look into your context. crystal ball and tell me Thank how you. the series will go. And I did, and so, I answered the question. No, the point, I think you both had good answers. Right, but Thank I'm, you. I'm getting somewhere else on this. The point is, if the Phoenix Suns lose in the first round, who are you going to blame? First take will blame KD. What if I'm asking you? You're not on first take. Uh, it will depend on what happens, on how oh it Oh, my God. Cam, go to the next. You can't even answer, ask him these questions. All right. If Joel Embiid returns, which yesterday he says that's the plan, as long as things go according to plan in his recovery, and can regain his regular season production in the postseason, which he has been uh, iffy at doing in the past, do the Sixers have any excuse, Hembo, not to make the Eastern Conference Finals? I don't love the hypothetical, but I will answer it oh anyway. Oh, my God. I have little to no confidence, and I'm a Sixers fan. I have little to no confidence in Joel Embiid and the Sixers to reach the NBA Finals this year, even if you told me that he will be 100% the day the playoffs begin. Because let's be honest with ourselves. This is a major injury that he's coming off of. Joel Embiid, when he's perfectly healthy, has a hard time maintaining his conditioning over the course of 100 games regular season, and playoffs. So the idea that he's going to be any approximation of the MVP that he was before the playoffs begin is very difficult for me to get to, especially when you consider that the Boston Celtics are an absolute juggernaut, a team that we have not talked about nearly enough. The Sixers have a conference finals ceiling. They are much likelier to lose in the first round of the playoffs and get to the final four. My answer is no, they don't get a pass, and I'll tell you why. Because even in Joel Embiid's prime, which is right now, they're playing for next year. How, what's the theme of their team? Nobody passed this year contractually. They decided not to give Maxi the extension yet. They will. Harris, Tobias Harris on an expiring deal. What are the Sixers most known for? In basketball circles, is making sure they have cap flexibility for next year. Now, they could say, hey, we're going to be competitive even in that setting. Sure. Embiid's a year older, though, next year. Let's see who you get around him next year. I do not believe LeBron James is going to the Philadelphia 76ers. No chance? No chance. When, when Chris Paul is coming out and calling Daryl Morey a liar, just like James Harden did, you think LeBron James is going to trust him? I don't think there's no chance. I think there is, I a, think there is zero chance. You think there's a zero percent yes! chance? Yes! I think there's a non-zero chance. Cam, you're a Sixers fan. Is there a zero chance or a non-zero chance that LeBron James is a Sixer next year? Non-zero, but I think it's much closer to zero than even you know 20%. I think it's very unlikely. I think LeBron is a Laker 
unless Bronny goes somewhere else in a couple years, and I don't think he's going anywhere else. I agree. Next one. Which of the two young and inexperienced powerhouses at the top of the West do you trust more in a playoff series, the Timberwolves or the Thunder? Okay, I'm going to go with the Thunder for this reason. I think the Timberwolves' uniqueness is either going to really help them or really hurt them. Uniqueness, what I mean by that, it's probably a better word you can give me on that. Better than uniqueness? Yeah, because I don't even know that it's a word. Singularity? Uniquity? Idiosyncrasies? Okay, I don't know any of these. Anyway, um, the Mine wasn't that, real, so. Fact, <laughs> to me it was, Cam. I trust and mine you. was. I believe in Cam so much, Cam can make up words and I would believe them. Um, two seven-footers who have been playing insanely well together this year with Anthony Edwards, who's a go-to guy in big moments, is either going to really work in the playoffs or really not work. I think the Thunder provide us more versatility to play against bigger teams. And I know they're not big. A lot of people want them to get a big next to Chet Holmgren and smaller teams than Minnesota does. So it's not the greatest answer. I understand that because, like, I'm suggesting because the Thunder are good in a lot of things and maybe not dominant in one thing like the Minnesota Timberwolves are, actually could work at their advantage. I trust the Thunder considerably more than I trust Minnesota. And I'll tell you why. I am... I'm highly skeptical based on recent seasons of great regular season teams that get there because of their defense. Defense matters in the NBA, but not nearly as much as your offense matters. We saw the Utah be, Utah be dominant with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. It looks kind of similar to how Minnesota does right now, and every single year, Utah failed to reach expectation. If Anthony Edwards goes eight in the playoffs, I could see them advancing a couple rounds. But I think the Thunder are have a much cleaner profile and a considerably better offense, especially in clutch time, I think the Thunder, I honestly think the Thunder are an actual contender and a considerably better one than Minnesota. Last one, Cam. All right, real quick, uh, Hembo, I'll start with you. What's your dream NBA Finals matchup? So throwing my fandom aside, I think the best matchup, the best basketball series is Celtics-Clippers. There's obviously a lot at stake for Jason Tatum to be able to take that next step into that sort of next hierarchy as, uh, of NBA superstar. Should he become a finals MVP? He gets there, of course. And the Clippers are a fascinating case study to me. Having uh, Kawhi Leonard, who's basically won two championships by himself, certainly the last one, and the, the ability for James Harden to prove to the world that he can do it as a team player, there's a lot of interesting subplots with that team, especially as they move to a new arena. So Clippers, Celtics, I think would be the most watchable series. What say you? Okay, um, I'm going to include biases here, but I'm going to include based on 15 or 20 years of NBA history that people don't acknowledge. It's the best Western Conference team over the last 15 years or so. 15 years? Yeah. I mean, the Warriors. Okay, who's the best Eastern Conference team over the last 15 years or so? I mean, whoever LeBron was on. Well, 15 to 20. LeBron wasn't on some of these teams. So the, 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 the Heat. Yeah, the, the heat. heat. I don't think people actually acknowledge that. I think we talk so much about the Celtics. We talk so much about LeBron, rightfully so, and the Sixers. I want Golden State Miami. It's not going to happen. I understand that. But if you ask me to choose, Golden State Miami. That is, I mean, if you think about what we've seen in the league how, for the last 15, 20 years, starting Miami won a title in 06, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals in 05. Like that's, it's just unbelievable how successful those two franchises are, and they've actually never met in the finals. And I understand that may not be a popular answer, but it's my answer. LeBron was in the zone last night against the Wizards, also in the zone a couple of nights ago as well against the Clippers. You can get in the zone, brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Coming up. The defending champs could potentially bolster their chances at a three-peat at any moment. We'll get to that next. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Greeny, the podcast. It is Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Along with Hembo, Evan Cohen in for Greeny today. A reminder, college basketball action tomorrow. My Wisconsin Badgers. Host number 13, Illinois. Presented by Robin Hood. Coverage begins at 12.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Joining us now from Indy at the Combine, our buddy Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN front office insider for the NFL, of course, former GM Dolphins and the Jets. Mike, do you get any sense that the Bears would be willing to trade number one? Uh, I'd really be surprised, guys. Um, Look, you never say never. You know, if the Giants offer three number one picks and Kayvon Thibodeau, like, who knows, maybe they'd listen, but... um, you know, I, I, I'm with the conventional wisdom that, you know, Caleb Williams to the Bears just makes a lot of sense. Same questions for two and three. Do you get any sense that we're going to have any moves in the top three? Yeah, I think the biggest move here, and, and we talked about it all morning on Get Up, which is um, I think the Patriots' evaluation of Mac Jones is the most consequential inflection point because assuming they would give him a year, let's say, I think that brings so many interesting conversations into the mix, like, like Looking at, for example, what happens at six or eight? You know, does Atlanta move up? Do, do the Giants move up? Um, and then you go back to that next pack of teams like Saints, Raiders, even the Broncos, Vikings. If they lose Kirk Cousins, that one of those teams move up as well. I think Arizona would bail at four. Obviously, you know they're committed to Kyle Murray at least for a year. So I think JJ McCarthy being in the top six is not out of the question. Mike, you said something interesting about the Patriots kind of holding the cards there. Could they be the team that actually trades out? If Belichick was still running the Patriots, how would this draft look differently, if at all? You know, he's just dogmatic in his approach. You know, he'll go by what he sees. And obviously, you know, Mac Jones wasn't even, you know, active the last game of the season. He was their, you know, third quarterback. So to me, like, I don't think it would change anything. And I think um, they have to decide as, you know, is Mac Jones worth another year? Or again, like, you know, are we listening to a team out like Atlanta at eight, you know, assuming they don't get Justin Fields to say, hey, we want to come up to three. And if I'm New England, I could come out of this with a, you know, offensive lineman, wide receiver, and, and next year's one. I got to certainly listen to that. Mike, you said something fascinating on Get Up this morning that I really latched onto. To paraphrase, you said that Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, and Drake May remind you of the 2004 quarterback draft class. Of course, that was Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger. The reason that was the reason that put my antenna up is because all three of those guys might wind up in the Hall of Fame. Do you view these three quarterbacks as being akin to those three in terms of what they might become should they land in the right spot, potential Hall of Fame players at the position? You know, Hembo, I can make a cogent argument about why each one should go number one. Look, Cave Williams has a ton of talent, but 
you know, 83 sacks does concern me. But, look, he, he should be a tremendous quarterback. You know, Jaden Daniels, for a guy that increases completion percentage by 20%, um, that really catches my eye. And I think, like, what he, he, he outplayed Caleb Williams. If the three of us didn't know anything and just were flown into planet Earth at the beginning of the college football season, Jaden Daniels outplayed him. And I think he has a very transferable skill set. And then Drake Bay, I see Justin Herbert. I see a guy that's big, rugged, strong, smart, talking to some teams out here, guys. You know, the word you're hearing coming out of these interviews is that Drake May was as smart as Philip Rivers, which is, like, historically smart. So you take, you know, that head with that body, and you, you have the makings of a great player. So I think at the end of the day, guys, like, we could be looking at three tremendous quarterbacks. Wow. So if I told you that all three of these quarterbacks are going to approach their ceiling, say all three guys reach their 90th percentile outcome, who's going to have the best NFL career? You know, I would say, like, just from a talent standpoint, probably Jaden Daniels. But, you know, again, like, you know, you and him are built similarly, Hembo. You know, like, <laughs> a gust of wind is, uh, you know, would be, could be outcome determinative. No, look, I think Jaden Daniels would be great, but it does concern me. You know, I spent all fall with Herm Edwards, who recruited Jaden initially to Arizona State. He started as a freshman there at 180 pounds. And, you know, on Get Up Today, like, a lot of those hits were shown as, you know, Lewis Riddick was, you know, doing a great job of breaking him down. And, like, those hits, as Damian Woody said, from a guy like Aaron Donald, he's not playing in 17 games. And, again, if we were running a team, guys, if the three of us were running an NFL team, one of the threshold questions in our draft room is, does this player have a reasonable chance to play in 17 games? And if the answer is we're not sure, which is, in my opinion, the appropriate one, that's going to be a tiebreaker against him because that is hugely consequential. It is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average, along with Hembo, Evan Cohen with you, joined by Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN front office insider. Mike, after the first three quarterbacks, J.J. McCarthy, Michigan, is seemingly going to go next. The team that you believe should absolutely go up and get him or draft him if he is available at their slot is? Yeah, the Giants. He, he's a better quarterback than Daniel Jones, in my opinion. Um, I, I went to a lot of their practices and games over the last couple of years, and he is a great athlete. He plays best at the most important moments. And I think he's a guy that's going to be a better pro than he was in college. And, you know, one of the challenges you have when you're making these evaluations is you say, like, well, if J.J. McCarthy was in this offense or that offense, what would it look like? Or, you know, let's just, for, for a fun discussion, say, you know, if Jaden Daniels was a Michigan Wolverine, you know, and those two team guys switch, what would that look like? You know, they're still both great players, but I think their statistics would be meaningfully different. Mike, obviously the draft at the quarterback position is what we're talking about in terms of the combine and Indy, but obviously people like you who have been involved in draft rooms as general managers talking about other players, where are we in terms of the latest at Justin Fields, who we all assume seemingly is going to get traded? Yeah, if we're running the Bears, be it Jaden Daniels or Drake May, whoever we draft at number one, you know, we want to give him a fresh start. So I, I don't expect Fields to be there. You know, The most recent example, the opposite of that would be you know when Philadelphia drafted Carson Wentz, committed to Sam Bradford, and then yeah, unfortunately, Terry Bridgewater had that horrific injury in Minnesota. Minnesota traded for Bradford and went, you know, played right away. So that's always a possibility, but I don't think that's ideal for the Bears. And that's why I expect Fields to be traded, you know, uh, before the start of the league year. All right, well, let's finish with this. We've got about 30 seconds. Caleb Williams, medicals. There's been a lot of conversation about that. Do you, do you need to see the medicals if you're the Bears? Like, is that a, is a be-all, end-all? Like, how does that work, Mike? Yeah, he's making a mistake, in my opinion, by not doing more medicals. You know, let me tell you guys a story. Like, going back to 2009, we're sitting there with the 17th pick of the draft, and I'm having a big argument with 
Matt Stafford's agent saying, hey, we want to meet with Matt Stafford. We want to work him out. And they're like, you're crazy. You're sitting there at 17. And I knew we had a chance to get the five. I was hoping there was a chance we could go from five to one. And obviously we wound up drafting Mark Sanchez with the fifth pick. And the point is this, like, you don't know. Like, what happens if, again, the Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings say, hey, we're all in and we're going to try to get to one. If I'm Caleb Williams, I want as many teams interested in me as possible. And I'm taking as many of those uh, physicals. I got nothing to hide. I got everything to be proud of. So um, that's how I would approach it if I was him. Mike, thank you so much. We do appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks. There's Mike Tannenbaum. A lot to digest there, especially that Caleb Williams thing that he's making a big mistake. Along with Hembo, Evan Cohen, it's Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast.